Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1140. If you spend too much time trying to perfect an idea, you've probably missed your opportunity and you've definitely missed your opportunity to learn from your customers, from your consumers. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Kevin Williams. Kevin, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am indeed, sir. All right. Kevin Williams is the CEO of RGK Innovations, the maker of the Brush Hero, an innovative cleaning tool that is powered by water. Brush Hero was designed to be the best wheel brush ever, and it can be used to clean muck off of a multitude of surfaces. You'll also find cleaning and detailing supplies on the Brush Hero website. This is Kevin's fourth startup and his second in the automotive sector. Prior to RGK, Kevin ran the international business of the largest canoe and kayak manufacturer, in the world, developing environmental training system in China, built the world's first hot dog venting machine, that's very interesting, and ran a 15-truck mobile tire installation business titled TireVan. RGK is a decentralized company with staff in five states and in five countries, and Kevin's calling in from beautiful Park City today where he lives and works. I'm a very jealous, what a nice part of the world. So Kevin, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career, your business, and a very obvious passion for keeping things clean? Sure. Thank you so much for the introduction. Uh, so I have a pretty traditional business background. Uh, after uh, business school, I ended up uh, starting a small company, which led to an introduction to the angel and uh, venture capital community in Washington, D.C. That put me in a place where I was running other people's ideas. And in general, by the time I got involved in the ideas, a lot of money had been spent. Hmm. And what I took away from those experiences was that there had to be a better way to do this. There had to be a better way of testing ideas and uh, figuring out whether or not they were going to work before millions and millions of dollars had been spent. So I took a little bit of a career divergence and spent a lot of time developing a digital marketing skill set and really trying to understand how to reach customers and consumers directly through the internet. And from that came a testing methodology that allowed me to take a product idea, whatever it may be, be it a spinning brush or a kitchen product or any number of things, and in a very, very lightweight fashion, put it up in front of viewers, uh, specifically on Facebook, and see if anybody cared. Mm. And if I could get people to care about the product, then I'd proceed in developing it. Nice. That's very cool. Well, I love the entrepreneurial side of Cars Yeah, people who've started businesses and how they do that. And we're going to learn a lot more about you and about this great product. And I'll let our listeners know, Kevin was kind enough to send me a sample. And my regular listeners know that I spent 20 years in the car care business. Uh, I was a president at Griot's Garage. We developed lots of great products there and car cleaning things and tools and things. And I used this product and I was a little little timid at first because I'm real, real picky with my cars. And I thought, hmm, is this going to scratch my rims or cause any problems? I tell you, I found a new friend in Brush Hero. This is very, very cool. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Kevin. 
Take the wheel. So this is going to sound a little bit counterintuitive because I am a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to cleaning and detailing and a lot of parts in my life. But honestly, as a business mantra, perfect is the enemy of good. Ah. If you spend too much time trying to perfect an idea, you've probably missed your opportunity and you've definitely missed your opportunity to learn from your customers, from your consumers. Mm. So I try and get things out in front of people in a very lightweight form at first, as I said up front, but also from a product perspective, as soon as I have something that is reasonably functional, I try and get it out the door and I listen really, really carefully to the early adopters. And that allows me to develop a product that people actually care about and actually want and actually may use for years to come. You know, this is a really important point for those of you out there listening who want to start a business or have come up with an idea. And I'm guilty of this. I'm a perfectionist as well, Kevin. I love things to be the best they can be. And that gets in your way sometimes because you just keep going, no, we can do better. We can do better. And you just keep delaying, delaying, delaying. But a lot of the things I'm reading now in the business field is put it out there. And I like the way you said it. Because getting it out there, getting those early adapters to either respond positively or sometimes even better negatively so you know how to make it even better when you do the next version is oh so important. So I appreciate you sharing that from a guy who's been successful. And I know how hard it is to bring products to market because I did it with hundreds and hundreds of products. It's a tough deal. Before we get into more about Brush Hero, I'd love to share your passion with cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car guy? So I think like a lot of middle-class kids, I grew up, had to buy my own car. I had to maintain my own car, sort of by hook or by crook. I grew up in Arizona and hot summer nights spent in the driveway, uh, hammering away, trying to get whatever the, the vehicle of the year was operational enough so I could get to school or get to work or whatever. It was really fantastic for me uh, because more than anything, I learned that I could dive into a project and make something happen, uh, that I didn't have to be scared of machinery or tools or uh, working with things that were unfamiliar, that as long as I took time and was organized, uh, I could make good things happen. And really, that's tracked me through my life. I'm definitely a dive in and try guy. I'll admit that my wrenching skills have declined a little bit uh, as cars have become more complicated, but uh, it's something I absolutely will pass on to my own kids and hopefully they'll uh, they'll hold on to it throughout their, their lives as well. Yeah. You know, there's nothing like just taking stuff apart and looking at it and trying to figure out how it works. I did that uh, growing up. I remember once my mom came out when I was in high school, she goes, don't you have a date tonight? I go, yeah. And I had my car up on stands. I was doing brake job on the whole car. And she's like, well, you're supposed to like be leaving in 30 minutes. And I go, oh, okay. Well, I think I can get done. I had never done a brake job before. Uh, I have to say that driving over to that young woman's house, uh, my brakes were a little bit odd. <laughs> if, her dad, if her dad had known what I'd just done, he'd have never let her get in that car with me. But we made it. We survived. Uh, I actually had to stop and bleed a brake Brake cylinder while we were on the way because something was definitely wrong with uh, what I was doing. But yeah, dive in and do it. You never know what you might learn. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. Now, you've been involved in a lot of interesting things. Hot dog stands, that's interesting. Uh, all sorts of different stuff. But I'd love for you to share a time where you were faced with a great challenge or even a big failure. Tell us what that taught you and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum to move forward in, uh, in your career and your business. Really, we had one of the biggest crises or issues in my in my business career in the last few months. Uh, one thing I didn't put into the introduction is that we were fortunate enough to be selected for uh, the Shark Tank reality show uh, in January with this product. Cool. So 
we aired, we aired in January. Um, we turned down offers from uh, two of the sharks, but it was a fantastic experience for us, yeah. except for one little issue. The sharks weren't the only people watching our pitch. We had uh, Chinese factories watching uh. Yeah. So we went from an absolute high in January and February and super excited to six weeks later having cheap knockoff imitations of our products starting to flood into the market. And not just similar products, but actually using our trademarks, using our copyrights, in addition to our patents, pictures of me, pictures of my dog on the side of the packaging. Oh, my gosh. It was absolutely horrendous. And it caused a a lot of damage to us because there, from a consumer perspective, it wasn't easy to tell the difference between a fake brush hero and a real brush hero. There was a lot of consumer education that went into that, of course. But we were battling with very real, confused customers who were calling up our customer service folk and saying, why is the brush shooting up? Why did it just shatter? Why doesn't it turn? And it took us a little while to figure out what the heck was going on. We thought we had some sort of a manufacturing issue, but it became clear that uh, it was the Chinese who were selling the product. It is specifically the Chinese. Yeah. Uh, Not to point at them specifically, but it it, it is. Yeah, it was companies in China. Yeah, knocking off your product. Yeah. And uh, shipping it direct to consumers over here, undercutting our prices and uh, using our brands. And environments like Amazon are extremely unforgiving to brand damage like that. So imagine the scenario that you go on Amazon, you see this quirky brush, you give it a try, it shows up and it's complete junk. So what do you do? You want to warn other consumers about it. So you get on Amazon and you write a one star review. This thing's junk. I think this is a bit of a national conversation for how to deal with uh, this sort of counterfeiting. I mean, I, I'm just dealing with an automotive detail product. Imagine right. had it been uh, vitamins or a kid's toy or something like that right. that could actually be really dangerous. So we had to take some pretty drastic measures. Um, we had an excellent Amazon reputation with a thousand positive reviews. We had to basically purge both the good and the bad reviews from Amazon, uh, which cost us a lot of business. Yeah. I am very much an optimist. I don't think you can be an entrepreneur unless you're an optimist. I believe in humanity in general, but uh, that belief has been a little bit tested over these last few months. We definitely are recovering now. We've found a lot of tactical ways of dealing with the problem. Uh, We continue to communicate with our customer base about what had happened, but it's going to plague us for a long time. As far Uh. as what I... Yeah, Yeah. it's it's terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I've been there, done that. It, It is horrible, horrible. And yeah, it is consuming as well. There's some lessons in that as well, that as a business leader, I need to work on my business as opposed to in my business. It's hard to get more in your business than dealing with this sort of affront to your brand. And it limited my ability to do other things and pursue other plans and, um, you know, keep marching forward. What did I learn from this? You can't plan for every eventuality, but this one was pretty obvious in retrospect, uh, that you have a budding product, it's selling well, um, it's uh, pretty obvious. There are data tools for Amazon that uh, allow um, other sellers to get an idea of how much a product is selling. Once we crossed a certain threshold of sales, we probably should have been done a better job of putting up walls and especially should have done a better job of putting up walls um, when we aired on Shark Tank. I think we never thought it was going to happen. So when it did happen, it happened really suddenly and we were just excited and a little bit naive. And then when something like this does happen, respond aggressively and with real candor and honesty. Um, we, we are legit. We, are, uh, uh, we very much believe in our product. We believe in our, in our staff and our customers. 
And um, we've been communicating as honestly as we could. I've been taking calls from individual customers and trying to uh, uh, you know, steer them towards the correct product. And we've been trying to you know, address the uh, issue online as head on as we can. And there's just nothing else we can do except be direct, aggressively direct. Yep. Yeah. This is an important point. And I've been attending, you know, we got SEMA coming up here. I've been attending SEMA. Well, this will be my 30th year going to SEMA. And I remember back in the old days of SEMA, when everyone going was wearing a suit and tie. That's how far back I go. They'd be really, really careful and, you know, did not allow cameras because there'd be folks from China walking around the aisles, taking pictures of products, sending those back to China. And by the time they got home, the products were already being made of new products being launched. And it's a really real problem. I've had many friends deal with it from simple things like t-shirt art, uh, where they steal your artwork and reprint t-shirts for less and selling to something as intricate and detailed and focused and patented as what you have. I dealt with it when I was working in the industry. And yet the best way is exactly what you're doing. You got to meet it head on. You got to attack it. Uh, if you have the money, get attorneys on it to do whatever they can do as well. Uh, to try to help you uh, basically relate to your consumers. So thanks for sharing a really, uh, what a painful thing to go through and still dealing with, I'm sure. But uh, it's a real problem out there. And you you got to be prepared for it and got to be I, ready for it because it, it will probably happen. I'd love to uh, just make a quick response to that as well, that this product uh, is proudly made uh, right here in Salt Lake City. It's Some of its molding is done in Europe. Some of it's done, the brushes are actually made in Germany or Wisconsin, being cognizant of how important people's wheels are to them. Uh, we wanted to make sure we had the best fibers possible. And as a consumer, it's pretty obvious when something is too good to be true. If something takes 20 days to ship to you and costs a quarter of what the comparable product costs, you're probably not getting the real one. Yeah, yeah. Be smart as a consumer. Um, I've seen the same thing with so many things I bought, and you just kind of scratch your head and go, huh, something doesn't feel right here. If it doesn't feel right, it's not right. And uh, many times in the case of I know your company, people can actually contact you and go, hey, I'm looking at this product. Is this yours? And you guys will say, nope, it's not. <laughs> Beware. <laughs> Don't buy it. But uh, yeah, communicate. And, and good companies, strong companies, We'll communicate clearly, and we all know if we've dealt with companies overseas uh, that don't c communicate clearly, yeah, that's a warning sign that something is askew. So, And be careful when you're sending your money to China, because you'll never get it back. <laughs> I've got horror stories about that <laughs> as well. Huge sums of money that you will never, ever see again. Uh, let's shift gears, and I'm not picking on the Chinese at all, because there's a lot of great products made over there, and I want to be clear about that, but this is about counterfeiting. And it is so damaging, and it's just so morally, ethically wrong to do, no matter where it's coming from, whatever country. There's other countries that do this, too. Uh, so as a consumer, caveat emptor, beware. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum, hopefully a happier place, and that is an aha moment in your business, one of those times when the headlights come on and kind of illuminate a way for you. Uh, tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. So I find this one really interesting. And I find the fact that I'm sitting where I am now really interesting because I think the American dream has uh, different outcomes. Some people build companies and they, they, they become a success and some people try things and they fail. And to be entirely candid, I come from a family of failed entrepreneurs. And it's pretty much as bad as it can get uh, as far as a business is not working out and losing houses and things like that. And had you asked me in college if I ever wanted to be an entrepreneur, 
I, I would have laughed. I would have said, absolutely not. You know, give me something stable. Give me something consistent. I just can't imagine living through that. And yet here I am. And <laughs> I think the aha moment, yeah, nature versus nurture, right? Yeah. The aha moment for me was realizing that although it's always risky to be an entrepreneur, no doubt, no doubt about it, you're really putting yourself on the line. There are so many tools and techniques that allow us to fail faster now that reduces overall risk. And this comes back to my thesis about rapid product testing. If I can fail by spending $1,000 and in a month, I would much rather do that than fail by double mortgaging my house and uh, losing a business after three or four years. So for someone who is very systems oriented and very uh, process oriented, there are ways to develop entrepreneurial successes well mitigating risk at every step of the line. And that allows me to test and then execute. So I feel so much more confident when I have data under my belt that suggests that something's going to be a success. I don't usually feel like I'm taking a flyer on something. Yeah, yeah. That for me has become really a guiding principle. Huge golden nugget you just dropped there for our listeners. Ah, Very, very valid and important. Well, let's talk about you a little bit and your relationship perhaps with vehicles and cars and go back and talk about your first really special car and maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle? So it's not really a car. It is a motorcycle. Um, I dove (laughs) back into self-wrenching when I was, uh, I lived in Washington, D.C. for almost 20 years. And before business school, I did a bunch of crazy stuff with the government. Uh, Nothing like hush-hush, but government. (laughs) Black ops. (laughs) (laughs) Although people did think that. I I did uh, trade enforcement. So Uh, uh, you you hear a lot about the tariffs these days. And I was one of the guys who calculated tariffs um, back in the day. Okay. But anyway, I lived in D.C and I lived pretty close in and I just kind of got a burr and wanted a project. So I bought uh, a 1972 BMW R60-5, the toaster. Uh, so chrome sides, uh, horizontally opposed, yeah. air, but I bought it in pieces. Dang thing was just a complete mess. Uh. And uh, I rebuilt it from scratch in my basement. And boy, did I love that thing. I really did. I think in retrospect, building it on a floor level garage and not measuring those uh, (laughs) cylinder heads and whether or not they fit out the garage at the end of the day um, was a pretty major mistake. I did eventually get it out of the garage. That's that was one experience. (laughs) I actually had to hoist it up sideways to get it out of the garage because I literally forgot that it was wider than the door. Uh, And when I brought in, the cylinder heads were off. Yeah. So I built up a motorcycle that I couldn't get out of my garage. Yeah. Um, Great story. So I used it as like a commuter. And in retrospect, it was a really nice bike. I shouldn't have used it as a commuter, but it would overheat in soggy, awful, humid DC summers. Uh And I'd sitting there on the National Mall using that 1970s BMW toolkit, which um, they had to include with every one, right? right? Because it wasn't really really a a car or transportation. It was sort of a hobby that got me places sometimes. Yeah. So sitting there on the National Mall, dumping out carburetors, you know, adjusting uh, heads, whatever was necessary to get me into work. A lot of fond memories of sitting there sweating. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. Well, don't feel bad, Kevin. We had folks across the street from us when I was growing up. He built a sailboat in his garage and couldn't get it out. <laughs> Literally had to tear the whole side of his garage out to uh, to get it out of his garage. So I don't think you're the first guy who's done something like that. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go you really wish you had back? 
I think it would be that one. Uh, that was that was. I've had nicer nicer vehicles, of course, but that was the one that just it had the most feel for me, and I just felt good riding it. I, the, the thing was a death trap. Uh, you know, double drum brakes, all of forty horsepower, constantly braking. Once I had kids, I didn't really feel like it was a great idea to keep riding it, so yeah. I let it go. But yeah, I want it back. <laughs> beautiful bikes, <laughs> beautiful beautiful bikes. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What has you excited and fired up with Brush Hero these days? So uh, we have our first SEMA appearance this year. Nice. we're super excited about that. And uh, since you've, you've actually tested the product out, you'll understand how important it is for people to actually get their hands on it and understand that it puts out a lot of torque. It's not really about RPMs. It's about turning force. So we're really excited to get it in front of of buyers there. Uh, we've built a whole internal uh, uh, B2B platform so we can get it in the hands of even small uh, retailers who are out there. We're excited about that for sure. Even though as a first-time exhibitor, we're sort of in an off-wing. I have, I have faith that people will find us and uh, we'll do pretty well. We're also finishing. Uh, we just uh, had Costco is uh, going to pick us up for a second season, which is fantastic. Wow, cool. Um, all of their stores. Yeah. And uh, we're talking with a, a number of other major retailers. So uh, this thing is starting to go mainstream. And then where, you know, this is right up your line from your your previous life. We have our own line of organic soaps that we've uh, formulated uh, oh, that work well awesome. with the uh, turning action of the brush. Yeah. Is you can tell it, it does, uh, it, it, it sweeps a lot of water through it. So uh, we needed to come up with a highly viscous soap um, that would work with the torque engine that's within the, uh, the within the brush, and that took a lot of experimentation. Uh, but we're hoping to develop a, a whole line of uh, different um, detailing products to uh, tie into the brush. Oh, how exciting! Well, I will definitely stop by and say hello to you at SEMA. Now, I'm going to give you a little SEMA Gorilla marketing tip here. Okay, awesome. You're going to laugh at me, but I'm going to go into SEMA for 30 years. SEMA is giant. It is huge. I was just talking to a guy yesterday who's going to be there for the first time. He goes, "Tell me, how am I going to navigate this?" He was just going to go for a day, and I said, "You can't. I mean, there's no way. Can't see SEMA in a day." I saw somebody doing something last year at SEMA that I thought was brilliant. And what they were doing was going around and putting little note cards, cheap to print. In all the restrooms, on all the urinals, in all the toilets, saying, check out X product, booth 55555. And I (laughs) laughed when I first saw it because I went, well, this is silly. But then I went, this is genius because everybody has to put used to restroom at SEMA. I mean, it's full of people all day long. And how cheap is it to print some little cards? And I'm sure the folks at SEMA are probably going, Mark, don't tell people to do that. That's against the rules. <laughs> but I thought that was just guerrilla marketing 101. I just thought, you know, it made me smile as a marketer. thought it was pretty cool. But uh, now, do you know what your booth number is yet? Can we share that with our listeners? Sure. We're in booth 31323. 31323. Awesome. Great. That's the easiest way to find booths at SEMA. For you listeners who are going to SEMA, check out Brush Hero. This is a really cool product. Congratulations. Kudos to you and your team for what you guys are pulling off. Very, very cool. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Kevin. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, what would Kevin be and why? Oh, boy. I'd like to say that I'd be something simple and rugged, something like a Wrangler. Uh Uh, But the truth is, I'm probably something absurdly complicated that's like overly wired, overly engineered, just like a horrible idea. Maybe something like an RX-7. Remember the twin turbo RX-7s? Yeah. That's just just absurdly complicated critters. And Uh the reality is it really just needed one of those turbos. I'm probably that. 
I'm a twin turbo RX-7 that really only needs one of the turbos. Nicely said. I like the way you thought that through. Well, Kevin, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you. Today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right. 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Kevin, we're back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? This is literally from a grandfather. It's the old, there's a right tool for the job. And I think that applies in business as well as as wrenching as well. Always use the right tool for the job, even if it costs a little bit more. Yeah, thanks, Grandpa. Go out and buy the right tool for sure. Or find the right person who can help you learn how to use that tool. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? So I'm a bit of a compulsive list maker and list checker offer. And I think that that gives me a sense of progress in the day, even if that checkbox is make list. <laughs> you know, I've heard this from so many incredibly successful people on Cars Yeah Now. Uh, lists are really, I'm the same way. I have to, That's how I function. Every day on my computer, my screen pops up with my list of to-dos. And there's nothing better than knocking those things down as you get through the day. Uh, how about a resource? There are awesome resources for us these days. Is there one in particular you'd like to share? So as a decentralized company, uh, we're very family friendly. Most people work from home. Uh, staying organized and on track is super, super important to us. And for that, we use a platform called Basecamp, uh, which allows us to manage all of our projects and communications all in one place without actually having to be in an office together. Nice. Basecamp. Love it. 
Now, if I could wave a magic wand and have you sit down and have a drink with somebody from the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? So I, I did think about this one for a while because I, you know, there are plenty of personalities that are out there, and I'm going to cheat a little bit and say two, and I'm not actually going to participate. I want Elon Musk and Preston Tucker together, <laughs> and I just want to watch and yeah. see what happens. Wouldn't that be something? You know, I had Sean Tucker on this show. He's the great grandson of Preston Tucker. And I got to run into Sean. In fact, his birthday was just the other day. And uh, his brother, his twin brother, during the car week down at Pebble Beach and Carmel and the Concord, and they brought beautiful Tuckers there. First time Tuckers were ever on the lawn at Pebble, which I found hard to believe because I've been going for 30 years. And I went, really? There's never been a Tucker on the lawn? But yeah, those are two guys that, uh, yeah, wouldn't that be cool? That's a very interesting pairing of people. First time that anyone's come up with that pairing, which I think is neat. Yesterday's show was Elon Musk and Henry Ford, but I think Tucker, yeah, I think Tucker has a better relationship as far as bringing something to market that, you know, was very, very tough to get out there and amazing. In fact, my uh, nephew just started working for Tesla, just loves the company. I have a good friend, Bill, whose daughter works for Tesla, loves the company. It's just amazing what uh, what Elon pulls off. I love him or hate him. You got to admire the guy, that's for sure. And I do admire him. I do have to toss out that the next generation of the Brush Hero uh, was designed by an industrial designer from Tesla. So the future, I I can't really make that official connection, but the next generation of it will have design cues from Tesla. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. Runs off solar power. I like that. (laughs) So uh, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would learn something from? Yes, absolutely. I don't particularly care for the way that most people do things in business. I tend to create my own way of doing things. And as a result, one of my idols is certainly Richard Branson. Uh, Richard Branson's uh, mid-2000s autobiography called Losing My Virginity uh, is phenomenal for people who, who don't care to trod the traditional path. Yeah, another incredible guy. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources on Kevin's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Kevin Williams, and that page will pop right up. There's another great place on the site called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and, boy, way over a 1,000 books are now listed there. I've made it really easy for you. You can go through and look at all the wonderful recommendations from my inspiring automotive enthusiast guests, including Kevin's recommendations, Losing My Virginity. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car today, Kevin. That's just the kind of guy I am. Doesn't matter who owns it. I'm going to get it out of their hands and park it in your garage. But there are a couple rules to this deal. One is you have to drive it. The beautiful mountain roads up there, Park City, would be a wonderful place for a cool car. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. That trick's off the table. And uh, I want you to enjoy the car and and get out there on the road and, and drive this thing. So... What can I buy you today? So I think my uh, my geek cred is going to show through here. And it's going <laughs> to flash back a little bit to uh, the, the motorcycle that I really am an airhead. And if I could have just one vehicle, it would probably be a type one split window van, VW van ah. uh, with a Westfall interior. It's a cool vehicle. It's something I could fix if I needed to fix it at any any time. And if I really needed to. I could live in it. What's that? Hey, nice, nice choice. Goes back to my roots in Southern California, VWs. But uh, yeah, that would be pretty cool. And VW vans, I mean, talk about on the the market of collector cars have really, really come back big. Now, 
I'm going to throw a little angle at you here because I had David Bernardo from Z Electric in San Diego, California, a guest on the show. I ran into David down at the uh, Concord on the Avenue during car week. He takes old VWs and puts electric motors in them. So what do you think about this VW having electric power? It sounds like I might actually be able to get up the hill with an electric motor. Oh, yes, you (laughs) will. Massive (laughs) torque, massive power. Might want to put some extra sway bars on that thing and some special Coney shocks so that you don't tip over because uh, of the power. But uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like cool. it. Sold. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. <laughs> I'll, I'll call David today. We'll get that going. Well, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah audience. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the beautiful Park City Mountains in that uh, Type 1 split window VW van? I think I not, nothing ventured, nothing gained. That uh, it's just like my adage of, of perfect is the enemy of, of good. Yeah. Um, you have to iterate. You have to iterate in business. You have to iterate in your life. You, you can't be afraid of making changes and adapt to different circumstances. And just getting stuck in the way that things were done is really not going to be of service of you going forward, especially as the world continues to change and evolve. Oh, yeah. It's changing fast, too. Now, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and get their hands on one of these wonderful Brush Heroes? Well, uh, BrushHero.com, or if they're listening from Europe, uh, BrushHero.eu. Actually, it's available in Australia and Japan now as well, too, uh, through Amazon. And uh, yeah, BrushHero.com is probably the best place to learn about us. Uh, We're continually evolving. Uh, We've got a lot of neat things that are coming out of the woodwork. And it it really is a a neat product. And I encourage all of you uh, detail heads out there to give it a try. I think you should. And I'll tell you, my friends know I'm a detailed nutcase. And I, I did try this product. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, so there's an endorsement for me. Uh, check it out. Brush Hero. Check out the website. You can go. There's all sorts of videos you can watch. There's great things you can see on how this exactly works so that there's no uh, secrets or anything to it. It's just a cool, simple, basic tool. I look forward to seeing you at SEMA. And listeners, I'll remind you, you can find everything we've shared today, including links to Brush Hero on Kevin's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Kevin, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with us. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road and at SEMA. <laughs> awesome. I look forward to it. It'll be fun. Thank you for being here. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.